0: Well, hey everybody, my name is Doug Hartley. I'm the senior minister at Plum Creek and I wanna welcome you to this morning's online worship service. If you've been watching the past few weeks, you know that today looks a little different. I am coming to you from the Hartley home. Uh, right now, I'm in the front room of our house and this happens to be Hartley Home School headquarters. And you know, since we're here, I'll just give you a quick tour around the room. Over there, we've got Luke's workstation, and then we have Leah Claire's desk, and then this is uh, Kenna's pink table. All three of the kids have their own place where they have school, and my wife Hannah has been overseeing the non traditional instruction days like so many other families right now, and really appreciate all the teachers and parents who are tackling this huge task. So today, yeah, it does look different, uh, but really the goal is the same. You know, we are going to look at scripture, we're going to listen to what God has to say, and then we'll apply his truth to our lives. And today we begin a new series. The series is called Together, and it's all about relationships. And it's interesting, We, we planned to have this relationship series way back last summer, We had no idea what was coming, obviously, Uh, but God knew, and so it's, it's exciting to talk about these very relevant ideas right now because we need relationships. We need each other. That's just how we're wired, and that's really a big part of what the church is supposed to be. The church is supposed to be this united community where we support each other and build each other up and encourage each other. And when the church is a united community, the way God intended, it's a beautiful thing. But you know, there's also this human tendency. The human tendency is a drift toward division. And there are all kinds of things that may divide us. I mean, you don't have to look far to see Political differences between people or generational differences. We can have differences based on race, based on the past, hurt feelings, or unmet expectations. There are all kinds of things that drive us apart, uh, but we're not meant to be isolated. So, especially within the church setting, we need to figure out how to overcome those differences. And right now, we have this additional layer of physical difference, uh, geographic distance, uh, which makes it difficult to connect with each other. Um, But we're going to talk about that today. Uh, The theme for today, the the title of today's message is Fight for Relationships. And we see in Scripture that followers of Christ are intended to do that. I want to read from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4. And there there is a lot of helpful information and teaching in this chapter, but we're going to focus on the first five verses and what Paul has to say about relationships here. Now, he's specifically speaking to followers of Christ, but if you are not yet following Jesus, you'll hear some things today that may be very helpful to you as well. So let me go ahead and read this. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 5, it says... one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. You kind of get the idea there that God expects oneness from his people, right? How many times did we hear the word one just now? But I want to focus on verse three of that passage. Verse 3 says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That verse is very interesting to me because Paul is being honest. He, He says, this is going to take effort. It's not necessarily easy to build community within the church. And you know that word community, it's made up of two different words, common unity. And followers of Christ should have that common unity because we have Jesus in common. Uh, we've, We've all been sinners who have been saved by the grace of Jesus. So how do we do that? Well, today we're going to talk about two practical goals. Goal number one is work hard to build community. Goal number two is work hard to maintain community work is not a very popular word it doesn't necessarily sound like uh, fun (laughs) but it's honest and we need to go into this being realistic that building relationships like the ones Christ intends for his church it will require work and that's especially true right now when we have this additional barrier of distance between us but you know these barriers Uh, to build relationships. That's nothing new. Uh, Over the centuries, the church has met all kinds of barriers to building true community. And it's been amazing the way followers of Jesus have found ways to overcome the barriers. I ran across a story this week that uh, was a little extreme, but it's also inspiring. Uh, There was a man named Richard Wormbrand. Uh, this is shortly after World War II. Richard Wormbrand was a Christian, actually a, a preacher, teacher, pastor, and he lived in the country of Romania. And at that time, Romania was led by a communist regime. They were uh, very hostile to Christianity. And Richard Wormbrand spoke out um, for Christ, and because of that, he was arrested and imprisoned. He ended up being in prison for 14 years, and he was tortured, just had a terrible time. And three of those years, he was in solitary confinement. Uh, his cell was 12 feet underground. He, he had no windows, no lights. Uh, he was just in the dark by himself, 12 feet underground in this prison cell. Can't imagine that myself. But one night, Richard heard this tapping on the wall of his cell and he wasn't sure what it was, but then he figured out it was a prisoner in the cell next to him. And this uh, prisoner next door was a radio engineer and he knew Morse code really well. And he taught Richard Morse code and then they began communicating, uh, you know, more efficiently back and forth. Richard, um, began talking to him about Jesus. And this man, this prisoner next to him, had been a Christian at one point, but years before had drifted away from his faith. But through conversation, Richard led this man back to Jesus. And they just continued to build a relationship together. They connected in community, and and they were two followers of Christ. Uh, you know, being an example of what the church is supposed to be. Richard shared Bible verses from memory. Uh, they told stories. Uh, they even played games together. They managed to play a game of chess where they would take the bread they were given and, and map out a chessboard on the floor of their cell. And they just had fun together that way. So you think about the barrier to community right there. But The church has been able to overcome that, and right now, God has blessed us with all kinds of avenues to connect to each other, even even during this time of social distancing. One example is the Zoom platform that many of you have been using, uh, maybe for work, but also with church. Uh, My life group, in particular, we've been connecting with Zoom over the past few weeks, and you know life groups in general are so important in the life of plum creek you know we build relationships there Uh, this is a place where we grow in our discipleship we grow as followers of christ and i wanted to share just a, a quick example of what those zoom discussions are like in our life group so check out this video but uh just a general question that i wanted to throw out there Why have you made it a priority to be in a life group just in the first place? Before all of this stuff, why did you make it a priority to be in a life group?
1: For me, it was a way to meet more people in the church because I'm fairly new to the church. Um, Just to, to get that sense of connection and, you know, meet somebody more individually than what just seeing him in passing on Sundays. I think for us, we've enjoyed it over the years we've been in it. It's, it's a group of support. Um, you know, they help hold you accountable in certain ways and we really enjoy it. And that's why we keep coming back. And...
0: You know, we've had authentic conversations and really real raw conversations to dig in and really help us grow closer to each other and to Christ.
2: Joining the group, I think, is one of the best things that we've done since we've joined Plunk Creek. I mean, you guys are great, and I could call any one of you anytime, and you would answer and be willing to help, or as would I, if any
0: of you called us. I'm curious, how in the past month, have you felt connected or disconnected with the church?
2: At first, the novelty of going to church in my pajamas and robe was pretty like, oh, this is kind of fun, (laughs) but I think that, like, these Zoom kind of things helped me to not feel disconnected, but I think if I were just watching the service on Sunday morning and that was it, I think that would feel pretty
0: disconnected. The last three weeks, whatever it is, month, I I've kind of felt more connected because for the first time since I can remember, we're all going through the same thing. And it affects us all a little bit differently. But when we get right. a chance to do this on Tuesday nights, or I found I'm texting people I know at church more checking in, hey, how you doing? I know this person might be down. I know this person might be lonely. I'm kind of reaching out a little bit more than I than honestly, I probably was before this happened. So in some ways, I feel more connected than I normally do. So I I love my life group, and I'll be honest with you, you know, Zoom is not perfect, but it sure is better than nothing. And I've learned that uh, it becomes normal after a while. Uh, The first half a dozen times I used Zoom, um, it was a little annoying to me, uh, if I'm completely honest. But over time, it's just become normal and natural. And it's a way that you know, Christians can connect right now and build that community. And if you don't have that and you'd like to have that, we want to give you an opportunity. So we are going to start a new life group over Zoom. Our worship minister, Troy Mower, will facilitate that group. And you can go to plumcreek.org connect if you'd like to be a part of a group like this. So that's our first goal here is to work hard to build community. The second goal is to work hard to maintain community, Uh, because like we said, uh, it doesn't necessarily come easily to maintain these relationships. There is a natural drift toward division, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to look at more scripture. But first, I wanted to hear a conversation between one of our ministers, Jared and a friend of ours named Ed, who's a part of Plum Creek. So let's watch this together.
1: Hey guys, my name's Jared, and uh, just wanted to, uh, to get on here and connect you with a friend of mine, his name's Ed Prather. And uh, I'm just gonna have Ed tell us a little bit about himself. Ed, tell us what's, what's going on with you right now.
2: Well, the um, quarantine is rough. Is well- because I, I love meeting the people and I'll tell them right now, I miss you guys terribly. Uh, it's not, the, it's great that we can have service together, but it's not the same, but, but we'll get back. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm, uh, I'm married. Uh, I've been married for 26 years to a wonderful woman, uh, Susan. We have uh, three children, Nina, John Cray and Anna, and we have been blessed with four grandsons, Easton Camden, Uh, Bentley, and Brayden. So um, I have been very blessed. We we got, me and Susan both got baptized together on April 1st, 2012. Um, And I think God has really made us a team. Things that he, she's good at, uh, I'm not so good at. And things that I really enjoy may not come natural for her. So, you know, if anything, I'd say I am just extremely blessed. Yeah. You know, in 2012, like I said, we we were baptized, and I take that serious. And I think a big part of it is, you know, to love your neighbors. And I I enjoy I love people. I enjoy uh, talking to them, hearing their stories. You know, maybe I can give them a little encouragement. Um, and as you as you talk, you can always find ways to interject that you know I have a comfort that that comes from Jesus. You know, and I know you're going through this terrible time, and I don't know why, but it's okay. I know that Jesus will be there as you as you go through it. And sometimes, um, you know, sometimes I think it's it's beneficial, and other times maybe not. But I also think I try to let the I try to let the Holy Spirit just move me. Just don't be afraid, and I I, I want to be bold. You know, I don't want to be aggressive. I don't want to shove anything down anybody's throat. But I want, to be, I want to be kind. And during, this, during the conversation, you just kind of let it go where it goes
1: and look for openings. And I love what you said there about that you were baptized back in April of 2012. Yes. Yeah. And, and that you take that seriously. That day that you gave your life to Jesus, you take it seriously. So I've got a question for you that I've never really asked you before. Were you... Um, were, were, were relationships always so important to you even before you knew Jesus or is that something that changed after you were baptized? Is this a new thing for you that Jesus has done in your life or you've always been that way?
2: You know I think I think people have certain personalities mm-hmm. that um that you grow up with that you're that's just how you are and then I think that you can develop those you can um, I think I've always tried to be kind and outgoing but um maybe not always for the same reason that I am now. You know, I, I, I feel I have a, a message now. You know, I want to be intentional when I go to places. Yes, I do want to share love on them, but, but I also have a, an agenda that, if I have an opportunity to share the word of Christ, I'm going to.
1: I was thinking about one situation in particular, and we're not going to talk about names of, of this situation, but you'll know who I'm talking about. There was a time where you and I had a mutual friend, and I had hurt that friend unintentionally. I didn't even know I did it, but I hurt him. And, uh, and, and you found out about that situation from, from the mutual friend. And, and you jumped in that situation to solve it. I think Susan had part of that too. You guys were working to bring peace in that situation. And, uh, and, and today, that situation is reconciled. It's resolved because I think because of what Jesus does and, and you being willing Uh, to be Jesus tool through that through that situation. I think most of us would probably say in that situation, I'm not going to get involved. I'm just going to keep my nose clean. I'm going to stay out of it. That's just between them. But you jumped in. And I know you've done that many times. Why, Why do you feel like it's so important to jump in and be that person that can that can bring that resolution or reconciliation in? Why do you do that?
2: Well, I, I think in in most cases it's because, you know, both people and, you know, both people are good, you know, God fearing. just, it's just a misunderstanding yeah, almost always. And I know that uh, I'm guilty of that. Sometimes I'm, you know, I very kind to what you said, but you know, I'm just like everybody else. And sometimes I will jump to conclusions. And uh, usually it's uh, my better half that will, Will ground me and say, you know, do you you really think that's what happened? And that's what I tell you. No, I don't think that's what happened. You know, I'm I'm being sorry again. You know, and then didn't, didn't I feel bad because I want to do well. You know, and and I feel like I failed. So when I do see other people who may have conflicts. I just think it's important that that we just show love to both of them. And when you talk to one, you say how good the other guy is, and you know, <laughs> you know, the, the thing you that, you know, it's probably just a misunderstanding. And you go talk to the other guy, and and it's usually just that,
1: just a simple
2: misunderstanding.
1: With you and you and I have have differences in, of opinion on a lot of things. Um, I can name a few: uh, sports mm-hmm. and politics. Um, yeah. But even through that, I I feel like um, I. I I'm never, I never wonder if you love me as a brother. I -hmm. never wonder that because I know you do. And I hope you feel the same thing about, about me that, uh, that, I, I, I'm always there for you. So we, um, I don't have enough relationships like that though, Ed, we need to, we need to cultivate those and try to figure out how to, how to be better at building those relationships. So, um, is there anything else just about relationships that uh, you could share with us about you know why it is that you do this what you know what is it what what is it about being a follower of Jesus that that makes you feel like this is an important thing to do? I'd love to hear maybe just a few last pieces of advice about how to do it or or why this is so important to your faith
2: I think the one of the main reasons I try to do it is because I am very content because I believe Jesus had put it on my heart that I am blessed. And I would like other people to have that same contentment that when bad things happen, it's still okay. I don't care how bad it gets, even if it comes to you die, I'm okay. You know, when I go to heaven, I'm gonna think, man, I wish I would have came 10 years ago. (laughs) Even though I love everybody that's here now. Yeah. Obviously, I love my family, I love the church. I think that's why we don't know that much about heaven. So we don't do things to get there before we're supposed to. Mm. I agree. there's things here on earth that Jesus still wants me to do. And
1: I want to go do it. And I want to be a participant. Um, whether we, we are in this quarantine COVID-19 stuff now or when we first come out of it, we know we, uh, we really are called to, to, to love each other and be kind to one another and work on relationships. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for sharing your story today. Uh, I miss you. Love you guys. And, uh, looking forward to a time we can be back together face to face.
2: That's true. We Jared. We love you
0: guys too.
1: All right. Take care, Ed. We'll see you soon. Thank you.
0: I really appreciate Ed sharing with us. I've changed locations here. I wanted to be beside this easel that we use for homeschooling. As we wrap up, I want to go back to scripture and I want to share a couple of illustrations with you. Whenever Ed or anyone else works to restore community, uh, to, to maintain the community once it's been built, and that's a great thing. Unfortunately, though, if you look back at the history of Christianity, that has not always happened. Next to me, I have a tree, and this tree represents the history of the church. And if you look down here at the trunk, Jesus is the one who founded the church. And originally, it was just one church. But as time went by, there was a split and then another split. And this branch breaks off into other smaller branches until you have the situation that we have today. So many different versions of Christianity. And that's sad because that's not what Jesus wanted. If you go back to John, the book of John, chapter 17, Jesus was praying He's praying for his original disciples, but then he goes on to pray for everyone who would follow him in the coming years. Listen to this. Jesus said, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Jesus wanted that community, that oneness among his followers. So, when you look at this, man, it's sad. So what can we do? What are some practical steps that we can take to maintain community? What would that process look like? Well, I want to share another illustration with you. Before I was at Plum Creek, I served at a church in Savannah, Georgia, and the senior pastor of that church was a guy named Cam Huxford. I learned a lot from Cam. He officiated our wedding and he led me and Hannah through premarital counseling. And in that counseling, he gave me this illustration and I've never forgotten it. I've shared it before, but I want to share it again today. What we have here at the top of this page is two individuals who have come together in a relationship. You've got the blue side and the red side representing those individuals. But then they form some kind of partnership The two become one, and that could be uh, marriage, it could be a relationship between friends, a relationship between two members of a church. And in the early stages of that relationship, things are good. You know, you're on the same page, you're having a good time, but inevitably things change. There will be a natural drift apart, and that drift can happen for all kinds of reasons. There can be a difference of opinion, there can be an open conflict, Or maybe it's just the busyness of life. It can be distractions. But that drift will continue until at least one of the individuals notice. And they say, wow, we're not where we used to be. And at that point, there needs to be a a critical conversation, an honest conversation. But if nobody has that conversation, what happens? Well, you look at the trajectory, you can continue way out to the point where... You look at each other and you say, How did we get this far apart? Well, you can get that far apart by not dealing with it at the right time. So, what can happen is when one individual notices the distance, you bring up the issue and you say, Hey, we need to talk through this and we need to bring things back together. It is possible to do that. And when that conversation is healthy, you can restore that unity. But then, As time goes by, there will be a drift again. When someone notices, you have a conversation again, as long as it's a healthy conversation, you can bring that unity back. It'll happen again, and you'll bring it back. So what we have here is the picture of a healthy relationship. It's not realistic to believe that a relationship will start here and then continue in a straight line all the way until the end of time. That just doesn't happen. This is a healthy relationship. But we have to pay close attention to what happens in that crucial conversation. What is the process to make sure that's healthy? Well, we can go back to Ephesians 4 and see some helpful insights. We've read Ephesians four, verse three, where it says to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. But let's back up just one verse, where it says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now in that verse, I see three important steps to take. If you are completely humble and gentle you're gonna be willing to listen to the other person. Humility is the opposite of pride. When, when you're prideful, you say, you know, I'm the one who has the right answers. I'm in the right here. The other person needs to come around to my side. But humility says, you know what, before I speak, I'm gonna listen. And I'm even willing to learn. That's humility. You say, okay, maybe I need a different perspective. Maybe I even need to change my mind. That takes real humility. But when you're willing to listen and willing to learn, uh, you can get to this third step of love. What did it say in that verse? Bear with one another in love. So this kind of conversation, when you listen and learn, and you uh, approach uh, the whole thing with love, And you can come back together. You can figure out, wow, this was just a misunderstanding. Or, you know, we had this distance because we were, you know, arguing over petty things. That can happen. Now, I will admit, it is possible when you have an honest conversation here, you discover the other person isn't even willing to reconcile you may discover that the other person has a fundamental difference of belief that it's it's one of the essentials that you can't compromise on. In some of those cases, that other person may decide to just walk away from the relationship. There's not much you can do about that. But in many cases, maybe even most cases, it is possible to restore unity, which means you're maintaining the community that God wants in a relationship. Even if the other person walks away, you can still love that person. But if you're able to come back together, you restore that love that our relationships are supposed to be known for. Now, honestly, this whole thing is beyond us. You know, people, we just struggle to have that kind of humility, to bear with one another and forgive each other over and over again. So where do we get the power to do that? Well, go back to Ephesians 4.3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. That's a key word right there. This unity is not maintained by our own power. It's got to come from the Holy Spirit living in us, empowering us. If you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And you can do things differently than the rest of the world because God is working through you. God gives us the power to handle relationships different, differently. He also gives us the example. You know, If we keep reading there, it says there is one body and one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Think about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. That's an example of perfect community. Three persons, one God. That's the example we've been given. God wants the church, uh, the followers of Jesus, to be united in one community. And because he has given us the example and the power, it is possible for that to happen. Now, As we close today, I I want us to think of two action steps that we can take even today, uh, this week. And here they are, two action steps. Number one, You could reach out to someone to connect or reconnect. Maybe someone that you haven't talked to since the whole coronavirus thing has happened. Or or maybe someone who may be feeling alone or isolated. Reach out and connect with that person. Do you have someone in mind? Pray about who that might be. Here's the second action step. You can reach out with the goal of restoring community restoring that unity, reconciling the relationship. Who is it on your mind and on your heart where you think of that person and you say, wow, we're not where we used to be. We're not where we should be. You could contact that person today, this week. And you know, if you do have those conversations, we'd love to hear that. We'd love to hear that you have followed through on these action steps. And you can just go to our website, the same page that I mentioned earlier, plumcreek.org slash connect. And you could let us know, yes, I followed through on the action step. We'd love for you to do that. Uh, We'd love to see how all of us as followers of Jesus are taking the steps that God leads us to take through his word. And you know, if you are someone who has not yet taken that big step of beginning a life-changing relationship with Jesus, we want to encourage you to take that step as well. Uh, to know that you are forgiven, to know that you are headed for an eternity in heaven, to know that God's spirit is in you, empowering you to, to live in the way that God has in mind for you to live. I mean, those, those blessings are priceless and they're available to anyone who just comes to Jesus and begins that relationship. If you need to do that, just go to that same page, plumcreek.org slash connect. And we'd love to to help you begin that relationship. Well, I'm going to close today with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you so much for your word, for the way you encourage us and challenge us. I thank you for your example and this goal of uh, the church being one in community, a common unity. Lord, this is beyond us. We admit that, but we know that your spirit will enable that to happen. And when that happens, it's a beautiful thing. And we benefit, but also the world benefits because we are representing you well. And
1: we'll point people to you. So Lord, we pray for that in Jesus' name, amen.